I'm sorry, but I have to accept this other offer. Um, it, I, I feel like it's very promising uh, for my career. Mm. And that's how I ended up getting started at Zebedee. And I ended up putting in my notice at Amex. Funny story is like a week after um, was Bitcoin Miami 2021. So oh, yeah. I ended up like talking to my boss then. And I was like, hey, I'm, I would really love to go to this conference to support this, the new company that I'm going to be joining. They knew yep. I talked about Bitcoin so much at Amex that they were like, they understood like why I wanted to go um, and like why, why it mattered so much to me. They were very mm. sad that I was leaving. Mm. Uh, but I was like, you know, I got to do this. Um, and they understood it was like, you know, my dream to work in the Bitcoin space. Yeah. So and to continue to like level up and take it to that next level. Welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast, where we interview entry-level to C-level executives about working in the Bitcoin industry. Learn about their interview process, what they do day-to-day at their Bitcoin job, and advice for current job seekers looking to work full-time in Bitcoin. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast. I'm your host, Eric Podwatchki, and today I'm joined by my friend Santos Hernandez, who is the VP of Business Intelligence at Zebedee. Thanks for joining me, Santos. Yeah, thank you for having me. Honored to be here. Yeah, I think to start out, Zebedee is a very unique company in the Bitcoin space because I know you guys are working on a couple different initiatives, but you guys really tie into gaming and e-gaming and trying to make rewards within games a universal currency such as Bitcoin that can be traded across platforms that can be used anywhere rather than get some some random like Call of Duty token that you can't use anywhere else. So I think this company overall is like one of the most exciting to pay attention to, uh, especially over the next couple of years as more gamers really start using Bitcoin and see the benefits of it. So yeah, excited to talk about your journey here, how you got into the company and more about what Zebdee is up to. Absolutely. Um, I'm happy to, to get into it, delve into the details. It's going to be sick. Sweet. All right. So let's start before Zebedee. I was curious, what, are you, what were you doing professionally um, before Bitcoin entirely took over your life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I'll, I'll, you know, rewind like 15 years or so, and I'll go through this fairly quickly and summarize. Um, as a teenager, I was very interested in the internet. I got my own first computer when I was like 11, got interested in forums and like private game servers and then setting those up, following different guides, got into like Photoshop, making like little signatures for for forums and kind of uh, exploring that space. Then I got very interested in databases because this one game, E-Online required it. And I started writing some applications there uh, with some script kitty PHP. And then I got interested in like the hacking scene and then I got, I kind of left all of that and got really interested in esports. And then I played like Counter Strike Source uh, very competitively. Um, and then I got into World of Warcraft, where I played like semi professionally in StarCraft 2 as well and like competed in tournaments and such. Um, and it taught me so much about like strategy, very fast decision making, real time decision making. And then, you know, so I needed to get a job that mm. video games weren't going to go anywhere. And uh, I was like, okay, fine, you know, mom, I'll go get a job. So I got I got a job at a life insurance company as a temp working in the mailroom. And that only lasted so long. And then I did, you know, like database project where I was exporting data from one database to import it in another database. That's all I did all day long. And then that, that temp job ended there as well. And then I needed... To get another job. So I got a job at Discover Financial Services, working in their student loans department. This is Discover Card. A lot of people don't know, but they're also just like, uh, you know, bank and creditor. So mm. they have other departments beyond credit cards, like personal loans and student loans. So I had started working as an account manager, originating loans for new students in uh, that department. And it was great for like eight, nine months, maybe a year. And I was growing professionally, getting lots of training, moving up. And then we ended up purchasing um, Citibank student loans, which Mm. origination is different than like servicing. Origination is where you're opening new loans. They're deferred for like 4.5 years while you're going to college and you graduate, you have six months. Servicing people have already entered repayment. 
So they're already done with school and now they need to actually pay these loans back. Mm -hmm. And I ended up seeing like a common pattern that students were super happy um, originating the loans and like going to school, but afterwards they were facing extreme difficulty with repayment. So that actually yeah. kind of raised an eyebrow for me at the time because I didn't go to college. Um, so I, I was very curious. I was like, okay, well, why? And uh, just the general demeanor, people were so unhappy. Um, so I kind of ended up just arriving to the conclusion, like, man, student loans are a scam. And uh, then I ended up leaving that job and going to student loan underwriting at uh, Wells Fargo. And I kind of experienced the same thing, though Wells Fargo culture was far worse. Like Discover had a great working culture, but Wells Fargo had terrible working culture. So I didn't stay there very long. I stayed there like a month. And then I ended up going to Bank of America, where I, um, this was 2014. I joined a department called Preferred Sales and Retention. Back then it was just preferred sales. Mm. And uh, I ended up like learning every credit and deposit product in banking. And I was selling the credit and deposit products along with like assisting with customers with general inquiries for our preferred customers. And uh, yeah, after doing that for some time, I ended up getting number one in the nation out of about 1300 people total, 13 different sites throughout the country. And uh, we started a new department or like sub sub team within the department called retention and the whole goal of retention was to increase post-contact utilization meaning like after they talk to you they spend more money on their card sure but the issue is that um a lot of these people are calling because they're in massive debt on their credit cards so like they're calling you for financial help but your metric is your incentive is to get them to spend more money after they talk to you. So you can see mm -hmm. how those two things are not aligned. And this is now like 2015, 2016. And back in 2014, my brother started telling me about Bitcoin. And he's like, hey, you need to like go down this rabbit hole, go check out this guy, Bitcoin Jesus, uh, Andreas Atanopoulos. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to research this further. So I ended up like, reading everything I could, watched all the YouTube videos, and then eventually ended up picking up his book. And then in 2016, I couldn't do banking anymore. I was like, it's a banking cartel. I can't work yeah. here. So yeah. I quit my job. And then I taught myself um, how to learn using a course called Learning How to Learn on Coursera. It's one of the highest rated MOOCs of all time. Uh, I then taught myself from like kindergarten to multivariate calculus and then how to write code. Uh, and then I started a web app agency where I started building my own web application, started my own small business agency. Uh, so I did like the marketing piece for businesses, I built web apps, and then I ended up uh, doing that for like a bit over a year, working like odd jobs here and there. Like I worked at Vanguard, I worked at a few other like kind of banking places to continue to make money, worked in real estate investment, um, and I became a lead specialist there. Um, yeah, and then I just, ended up getting married. So I needed to get like a W2 income to help with yep. that immigration process because my wife's from Mexico. And then um, I ended up getting a job back at American Express as a credit risk analyst. And I'm a Bitcoiner at this point. Uh, I felt like Amex was like the least um, unethical bank out there. Uh, and they're more of like a credit card than than bank really. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of their products are oriented around like their customer success. So I did credit risk for a while. By then I already knew how to write code, build product and write, mm. you know, uh, do things. The only issue was that they wouldn't allow me to uh, use any of my coding, the languages that I knew, like Python, PHP, C. So I ended up learning VBA and Excel, all the functions. So I wrote uh. applications in Excel anyways. And <laughs> I ended up like reducing the, the, uh, time to process a case from like 30 minutes to like two minutes. Nice. And I continued to build other products like help employees, wrote like a training manual, built these other products to increase work efficiency and automate a ton of things. And I ended up getting promoted. I applied to a product position uh, and get, ended up getting promoted to work on the global data repository, which I didn't know this at the time, but was responsible for like bank integrations into the Amex payment network. It was the central data warehouse for all corporate data for all markets. So I got to work on a lot of interesting projects around that. Uh, and I worked on teams like data operations, risk and compliance. 
um, you know, bank integrations where we did China Merchant Bank, the, the first uh, Chinese American um, payment network integration. Mm-hmm. And, and I did that for like two years, two and a half years or so. And then I, you know, saw Zebedee. So I'm like continuing to learn about Bitcoin all throughout this time. I'm continuing to work on Bitcoin projects. I ended up getting involved in a meetup. And uh, I'm like, okay, um, I'm very curious about this Bitcoin thing. So yeah. kind of like pause there. And that, I was, that, that's I was exactly like, about to cut you off. But that, that's a great background, I think, for the audience too, to like understand how you kind of built up these skills before breaking into the Bitcoin space. A few themes I want to pull out real quick. One, obviously, I think you're a self-starter. Being able to take that online course. By the way, I think Michael Saylor uh, through Saylor Academy offers something similar. It's called LIDA, Learning in the Digital Age. But man, if you can teach yourself to learn on a computer yourself, you don't need college. You don't need any of that. You can, it's unstoppable, honestly. Uh, I've done that a couple of years ago. It's been great. Uh, so yeah, self-starter, I mean, having the background in banking too, you're kind of primed for this. And then you you also mentioned like Bank of America being unethical. So I'm sure over that time while you were in the, that industry, you started realizing how like corrupt it kind of was. And correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't Bank of America have like the largest bank fine ever? Or is, is that um, Chase or something? I don't know for sure, but it would I not have like maybe me. like top three or so, like largest bank fines ever in the US, which shows that they are pretty unethical, I bet. Uh, but yeah, so between those two, um, and then learning about, you mentioned Bitcoin, obviously, with Andreas, uh, especially early on back then, I think he was the guy that really put Bitcoin on the map and, and got the education out to those that really wanted it. So shout out Andreas, but uh, I want to hear a little bit more about that Bitcoin story. Um, what, when did you realize that it was different and it was something that you wanted to pay attention to and maybe even transition your career to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I, I like grew up, you know, in the hacking scene too. I spent a lot of time on my computer. Like I dropped out of high school and I really found like on, the online world fascinating and like unlimited learning. And there were actually things that I wanted to learn, like graphic design, like right, like doing things to like have an impact, create something that other people could use. Um, so like one area that I was really interested in was like the hacking, like the wear scene. And what I saw, like there was like these multiple hacker groups, right? And they were like battling um, for like free and open source at the time. And one of the particular battles that was interesting to me that I followed closely was torrenting and mm-hmm. the peer-to-peer you know file sharing network and i saw that not even the record label companies or hollywood could stop this technology this peer-to-peer network and that like that helped a lot of people in my opinion like open up and to be able to get access to software and to be able to like create things and experience things and ex- be able to further their their own careers. And that's one reason why I got very interested in like free and open source, but also that peer-to-peer networks can win against these enormously powerful companies and industries mm-hmm. that are well-established, well beyond like just some group of ragtag hackers, right? And um, that showed like kind of like the David and Goliath story to me where we can win. So. I had heard about Bitcoin in 2011. My friend was mining it, one of my World of Warcraft friends, and I thought nothing of it at that time. I had no interest in it. And, and then what year was that? 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Early. And that, that I didn't have any interest in it, though. Like everyone, you know, always right. kind of has like this, oh, I heard about Bitcoin, though, but I also didn't do anything about it. I was just like, this is some weird thing that my friend Papayas is doing. So I'm just mm. like, it by the way, it was, it was but... tough back then. It wasn't like you download a wallet on your phone and you get, you receive lightning sats in your wallet instantly. It was, right. <laughs> you had to download a, probably a Bitcoin Core, download a wallet through that, uh, maybe a Lectrum was, was up running Core. Yeah. It was it was a rough then, time. We got it easy now. Yeah, we do definitely. Even in 2014, 2015, they're really like you had to get lucky to find like the right educational material. If there were like there was not much material at all That's online, true. Yep. Uh, and not too many people speaking about it. So like yep. to find the right material was very difficult. 
uh, and then to continue to advance and learn, you just kind of had to get lucky and continue traversing like a set of links from people that actually knew what they were talking about. Right. Um, and then, okay. So thinking about like peer to peer file sharing networks, by the time 2014 hit, I, I, that was like, I had already, you know, been out of that for like eight years, I think something like that seven or eight years where I, I was more focused on esports between that gap of time. Mm. And when I saw Bitcoin, you know, peer peer monetary network that is basically payment that back then it was more of a payment network to me. And that's how I better understood it. And an alternative to the banking system, which I would say like the banking system is what I felt was like corrupt because you, like, every single thing you had was a debt trap like student loans, like, okay, you're 18 years old, you can borrow 80 up to like $100,000 worth of debt. Most mm -hmm. people were borrowing like 80k total over the, the uh, time span of four years at like a five to 7% fixed interest rate, massive payments, like most jobs will not give you enough money to pay that back. And then I was like, okay, then you look at like auto loans, and like auto loans are also very similar, you can take out anywhere between like 20 and $30,000 worth of debt, as someone who like just got a job, and then you're paying like anywhere between 0% at the time and like 10% in interest, depending upon right. how, what your, your credit worthiness is. Then it was like, okay, student loans, auto loans. And then you had to dodge credit cards and not follow it, fall into that debt trap because any one of those could like basically completely upset like your financial balance mm -hmm. and like your ability to build a good life for yourself. So I felt like um, there are obviously people that can use these systems to their advantage. I'm not saying like that is necessarily all a bad thing, but for majority of people, I felt like the debt system was like not working well. And then I ended up doing like a bunch of math. I ended up writing a bunch of blogs for like financial education mm -hmm. uh, around this. And I'm like, I did the math of like the average salary, the average amounts of debts. And I realized people had like $200 of like disposable income based on all of the averages. And I was like, okay, this is like a very bad system. I don't want to be a part of the system uh, anymore. And I don't want to enable the system. And mm -hmm. that's why I decided to like quit my job. I literally just like was very depressed. And I was like, I can't continue doing this. I got to do something different right. uh, with my life, which is what ultimately led me to leave the banking industry. At least all the, 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 the Bank of America. Yeah. Stuff. And that's ultimately what drove me into a Bitcoin company too. So I, I continued to learn like in 2019, I started running like a lightning node. I mm -hmm. already started running a Bitcoin node. I continued to advance and read as like many books as I possibly could over time and continue to take courses. What really inspired me to like a, a, like a multidisciplinary sort of like study program online was Satoshi thinking about like, okay, if one person could actually learn all of these different things, how would they go about learning all of these dis different disciplines? So I thought long and hard about that. And my conclusion was textbooks and MOOCs, uh, most massive open online courses for those that, that don't know. That's the first time hearing what that. Ended up, that. That's uh, what ultimately like drove me to believe that I could make that happen. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a great story, honestly. And, and, much like yourself, I'm in it for the same reason. Once you start going down the rabbit hole and realize how corrupt our existing systems systems are, you realize that we need to fix this. And that's kind of what gets me out of bed every day too, is pushing this Bitcoin thing forward because I know that if we're successful, it becomes the new global standard, then our kids and our kids' kids will benefit greatly from it. Society will just get better, level up. So couldn't think of a better way to uh, work for the next how many years of my life and start a career in this industry. Hey guys, real quick, as a Bitcoin-focused recruiting firm, our goal at Bitcoin Talent Co. is to bring as many professionals into the Bitcoin industry as possible. Since we don't run ads, our one ask is to rate, review, and share this podcast with friends and family so more people can find this show. Thanks, and now back to the interview. So, um, transferring over now, so you had this banking background, you had some, some programming skills as well, account management skills, kind of like a Swiss army knife in a way. Um, how did you make yourself attractive to Zebedee when you were applying? And yeah, how did you kind of like get the job with your existing skill set? How did you show them that you're worth hiring? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, okay, so we talked about running a lightning node back in like 2019. I was like very deep, as deep as I could be without being like professionally involved in the space. Um, by like 2020, 2021, you know, I knew that Bitcoin had a shot of winning because of those other peer-to-peer networks. And then looking mm. at Bitcoin as alternative payment network, it survived already uh, many years by, by that point. I think it was like five years in 2014 by that point. So then thinking about this, um, I'm like interested in working in the Bitcoin space. I'd worked at Amex for like two years plus by that point. I had, you know, seen, done a lot of projects. I'd led a lot of different things. And I'm like ready to leave uh, that industry. So it just happenstance, Bitcoin or Jobs was launched. So I saw a job from a different Bitcoin company and I applied there and mm-hmm. went through the interview process. Um, first, I like, you know, put together my resume and I made sure that it was like very clean and concise. I actually took a course on Udemy. Um, like how to optimize my LinkedIn and like my resume, the proper formatting. So a lot Mm -hmm. of that stuff behind the scenes, you know, is reviewed by essentially like a program. So then thinking about, okay, how do I like use this to like my advantage? I took a course on how to do so and like how to optimize it. That was before like chat GPT could just do all those things automatically (laughs) for you. (laughs) Nowadays you can just like pop that into chat GPT and you're good to go. But, um, yeah, so I, I researched on how this stuff worked. And then I ended up like optimizing my resume and I ended up applying to product manager because I was a product owner at Amex. Mm-hmm. I think I forgot to mention that. So I okay. transitioned into product. I'd already built a bunch of web apps and designed a bunch of web apps for my own company and yeah. then, you know, transitioned into that role at Amex and I had a lot of different experiences. So I applied to a product manager position because that's really the product manager really sits at like the heart of a lot of different things like customer mm-hmm. support, sales, product, engineering. Uh, so on and so forth. So I applied to be a product manager position and I ended up getting an offer. And at the same time I had saw Zebedee, I was like kind of very interested in this uh, company because I played esports semi-professionally. I had worked in banking and payments. So I was like mm-hmm. in FinTech at Amex and I'm like, okay, uh, this seems really promising. There's CSGO, yeah. Counter-Strike Go, the next game after Counter-Strike Source. And it has Bitcoin real-time payments over Lightning Network. And I knew what that meant. So then I waited, I kept checking to see if people were playing the servers. No one was playing the servers back then. So eventually one day I ended up finding like one or two people playing in the CSGO Infuse server. And I like hop in, I play it, I die a couple times. And, you know, I kill some people. I get the, the, the little coin graphic. And at the end of the game, I'm issued an LN Euro withdrawal request. And I'm like, okay, so I scan it with my Lightning wallet. I ended up downloading the, the Zebedee app or the Zebedee wallet, as it's called at that time, and I scan it and it works. So I'm like, okay, there's something massive here with money yeah. and games. Yeah. So I knew that from my previous background and my already existing experience with Bitcoin and Bitcoin Lightning Network. So then mm-hmm. from there, I just like was like, okay, I'm, I, I want to work here, but there was no job postings. And eventually they open up a project manager position as I'm interviewing with this other company. And uh, things were moving a bit slow at the other company, even though I had received the offer mm. and I applied for the role because I'm like, okay, you know, like I really like this company. One was like an exchange and the one was, this other one was like um, a Bitcoin only exchange, I should mm. say. And uh, the other uh, Zebedee. So then I ended up like applying, I got an interview um, and I'm telling, I'm talking to Kevin, our VP of engineering now. Mm. And we're just having a great conversation. I'm telling him about my interest in Bitcoin, my experience in financial services and fintech. And it's like, oh, we're, we're vibing really well. And then he ends up telling me, oh, yeah, if you want to learn more about Bitcoin, you should pick up this book called Rocking Bitcoin. And I'm like, I pull out the book and I'm like, I have it right here. <laughs> and I'm like, literally like, like 75% done with the book. And I'm like, oh yeah, you mean this book? This is a great book. And you know, wait, did you know there. was that type of like coincidence, or did you know like he would touch upon that, bring it up in the interview? No, I, it's just pure coincidence. I was just already, wow. I'm just a self learner, so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm already reading as many Bitcoin books, especially like developer oriented yeah. books, as I possibly that, that can. That shows a lot about you. 
yeah and then i you know told them about running a node and like they had channels set up already and i was like already connected to the semi node it just was like a great conversation and we just like got along super well kevin's now like one of my my best friends and then yeah. i ended up meeting after that he's he told our cto andre nevis um oh, you got to meet with this guy. So Andre's like, okay, yeah, fine. I'll, I'll meet with this guy. I don't want to interview with anybody else, but yeah. um, I'll meet with him if I have to. So he, we ended up meeting and we hit it off as well. Um, I told Andre my experience, my background, how I got here. And he's like, okay, we got to hire this guy. So they ended up like turning it around and getting me an offer in like three days. And then the time frame that I gave to this other company to give me an offer had expired. So I ended up, mm. you know, emailing them, letting them know, hey, you know, the time frame that we discussed, you know, expired. I'm sorry, but I have to accept this other offer. Um, it, I, I feel like it's very promising uh, for my career. Mm. And that's how I ended up getting started at Zebedee. And I ended up putting in my notice at Amex. Funny story is like a week after um, was Bitcoin Miami 2021. So oh, yeah. I ended up like talking to my boss then. And I was like, hey, I'm, I would really love to go to this conference to support this, the new company that I'm going to be joining. They knew yep. I talked about Bitcoin so much at Amex that they were like, they understood like why I wanted to go um, and like why, why it mattered so much to me. They were very mm. sad that I was leaving. Mm. Uh, but I was like, you know, I got to do this. Um, and they understood it was like, you know, my dream to work in the Bitcoin space. Yep. So, and to continue to like level up and take it to that next level. So they supported me in it. They were great. Uh, really had some of the best like coworkers and boss uh, at MX. And uh, yeah, so I ended up flying out before I actually started at Zebedee. And then I ended up running the Bitcoin rally booth there and got like a um, crash course telling like thousands of people about Zebedee and what we're doing, you know, basically stack stats and play games with my model. That as, as a new employee, right? Yeah, it's a new employee that hadn't even started yet. <laughs> so yeah, I got Show to meet me. the team in person because we're all yeah. remote. So that was like a very also, you know, fortunate yeah. happenstance. That's how I ended up here. That's how I found Zebedee. And that's how the process went for me. Oh, man, what a story. Uh, it seems like the stars align. It seems like you are in the very right seat that you should be in, in terms of career. Um I want to talk some more about Zebedee now. I'm sure some of the listeners don't exactly know what Zebedee is, what you guys do, and the and the products and services you provide. So obviously, you guys are in esports, tying in Bitcoin. But yeah, maybe you can give a little more an overview about Ze Zebedee. Yeah, Zebedee has like two main, um, I would say, like verticals or branches. Um, one is like business to business or B2B, mm -hmm. and then business to consumer, which is B2C. On the consumer side of things, uh, we have an app uh, where you can earn Bitcoin rewards and you can also have a full lightning wallet along with uh, Zebedee social, which is a Nostr integration. Mm -hmm. So you can post, you can zap. Um, and that, that's kind of the app on the B2B side of things. We have our lightning platform where it's like a FinTech uh, for the gaming industry. So basically the gaming industry can integrate our API to easily add lightning payments. And then we also have many, Lightning companies like Fountain that have also integrated the Zebedee API uh, mm -hmm. to do like split payments uh, yep. or Keysend and multiple other uh, sort of things like Alan URL withdrawal requests to move money out of Fountain to another Lightning wallet. Um, and then I've also built like applications on, uh, the, uh, using the Zebedee API. I built a platform mm -hmm. called Emeralize. Uh, it's like a learn to earn and uh, like Udemy type um, application. So you mm -hmm. can do all kinds of really amazing things with the API. And those are the two main uh, verticals that we have and the two main like flagship products that we have. Got it. And what, what games are the most popular right now with your users during Bitcoin? Bitcoin miner. Definitely. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. miner. Like, I played, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's fun. You, it's uh, it can be quite addicting, especially if you're just like kind of hanging out, playing some games, uh, watching some, yeah, basically just kind of, clicking buttons and building up like kind of your levels and the, the different machines that you get. It's, it's, it's kind of like a really chill, casual game to play. Got we it. also recently released a, a split gate integration where we ran a winter invitational tournament too. Uh, so we, we worked with 1047 games to put Bitcoin into split gate. And uh, it was very similar to like our CSGO integration where there was mm. a death match and basically the team that won 
ended up ends up getting like automatically and programmatically paid out, which I think is a huge step in esports because esports has a pretty big problem of tournament organizers. I know firsthand that yeah. you, that that don't pay out their users. Yeah. Um, what about like any like traditional games that most consumers would think of? I don't know. Like like I mentioned before, like Call of Duty or something like that. Is any like the the big games integrated in it yet, or are these more like niche games right now? Uh, Splitgate's pretty big. That was like a double okay. game studio, so that was like one of the larger ones. Nice. Uh, that have integrated us, and then we've also integrated ourselves. Like this wasn't in partnership with Steam or Valve, but we integrated. Uh, That's a big one. Yeah, we integrated CS:GO. Uh, that was really cool. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been out of the gaming world for a little bit now, so just trying to get caught yeah. up. Oh, also Square Enix too integrated two of their titles uh, with Bitcoin rewards. So that, that was also another big one. Got it. Okay. What's the easiest way for listeners to get started playing these games? Absolutely. Uh, I would say download the ZBD app. Uh, and then on the, the first page, you can basically complete surveys. You can find game, like a whole list of games to play, like tasks that you can do to earn sats. And that's mm -hmm. like one beautiful thing too, is because most of the time, like people see Bitcoin as an investment, right? Like property to own, like, like a, deci a decision you have to make to buy Bitcoin. And like, you have to evaluate whether or not, is it worth me converting my local currency, taking a risk as like a new person entering the space? We all know yeah. Bitcoin is the, the, the sound money and all that, but as a new person, you're thinking of it as investment. Now you kind of flip it on its head. It's like money you earn and spend mm -hmm. uh, in this way. So by being able to play games, by being able to do surveys like tasks, you're actually able to think about Bitcoin differently because you can earn it now by uh, spending your time rather than like making a conversion and making that's a such, purchase. That's such a good point. And that light bulb just went off in my head. It makes so much sense now. Yeah. If, if people are viewing Bitcoin as this thing that's they're not really sure what it is and it's kind of hard to, to get it in their possession. Um, they might be hesitant to buy some, but Hey, if you realize that you can earn it and that is money, then you're, you're already skipping a bunch of steps in the beginning and just a whole different way to look at the asset. So yeah, maybe I'll start referring some, some more people over to Zebedee to start earning, uh, rather than just gifting them in a lightning wallet. Uh, cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the company too. So how big is the Zebedee team right now? I think we're like roughly like 72 people, maybe more. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, something like that, like 72 or 73. Got it. And what's the company culture like? Are you guys all, obviously, I'm guessing all Bitcoiners and gamers. Is that like the intersection right there? Or is there anyone outside that's not a Bitcoiner? Definitely. Yeah, we have a lot of people. Uh, I would say it's like split, maybe like 50-50. Oh, okay. At this point, maybe 60-40 in favor of like Bitcoiners. But yeah, there's plenty of people that did not know much about Bitcoin before joining the company. And yeah. then they, you know, I, we would, many of the Bitcoiners would meet with them and like explain like how, what Bitcoin is, like how does it work, including yeah. myself. And then like, what is Lightning Network? And then now I have like educational videos and courses. I just can send videos uh, that I produce and presentations and such uh, to help onboard them. But yeah, we have quite a bit of people that, that are brand new to the Bitcoin space. Um, and it's, it's great, honestly, because then you get fresh perspectives because then you yeah. get to see for someone that doesn't know anything about Bitcoin, what's, how do they interact with it? What is, what are their thoughts, especially having been in the space for quite a long time now, it's easy to, and most of my friends are also Bitcoiners as well, mm -hmm. and family members I've been you know talking to about it for a decade now. Yeah, um, yeah. So like seeing that first perspective is very interesting. The culture at Zebedee is great. Um, we focus a lot on like moving fast, shipping, but without sacrificing quality. I would mm -hmm. say and there's a lot of empowerment, uh, like in trust, so you can run with run with it and do your job, um, and not a whole lot of micromanagement. Uh, if any at all. So that's kind of like one of the great things. And we really focus at, like about Bitcoin experiences, empowering Bitcoin experiences. So, and making it easy for our users to use. We've been a big proponent of like 
make it simple for the customer or the yeah. consumer from the very beginning with lightning. That's awesome. So throughout, I think this might be episode 42 or so of, the, of this podcast. And I always like to ask that question about like, how are companies thinking about hiring Bitcoiners and what percentage of that workforce does it make up? Um, that 6041 seems to be pretty ideal. Cause like you said, you get some, some new people in the door, fresh ideas, and you can orange pill them along the way. Uh, I guess as a VP now, how do you think about hiring, um, Bitcoiners during an interview or even just selecting people to interview? Is that like you, now you, you, someone has to have some kind of understanding of Bitcoin before even getting the interview or can fresh new people still come in, um, as long as they're really good at what they do and their discipline. And they can learn the Bitcoin along the knowledge along the way. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I I always love to see Bitcoin experience on a resume, but it's not a requirement, especially okay. given like what we're doing in business intelligence, where our whole goal and mission is to enable data driven decision making in the organization. Mm. Um, so thinking about that, that involves a lot of data systems, a lot of data integrations, a lot of analytics and reporting. So that's the primary experience that I need uh, for this particular role. But one thing that I see with Bitcoiners is like, I might be willing to take someone that might be a little bit more junior or have broader experience if I can see they have an aptitude to learn uh, and yep. a willingness to Spot learn on. because it requires so much um, self-study and self-investigation that, and like re- wiring of one's mind to really like truly understand bitcoin mm -hmm. so I, I always see that as like a pretty big plus uh in my eyes and then for some for generally speaking though i always like to focus on like what will enable someone to have the best success at the company mm -hmm. uh, and how i can drive their success within the organization make sure they're going to be successful so i do mm -hmm. need like someone that either has this really strong background uh, in Bitcoin that has shown this aptitude to learn and willingness to learn and reskill uh, and to be able to do it quickly uh, versus like someone that has like established background. And if they have both, that's like just the ultimate, you know, fusion uh, that, that I would love to see. But that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of like the way that I think about it. Um, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, I think that's really important for maybe other hiring manager in the, in, managers in the space to hear. Uh, including myself too. That's a great, yeah, new new perspective. I want to go turn this back to you now. So, as the VP of Business Intelligence, what exactly do you do day to day at your Bitcoin job? I, well, I, I have a lot of different meetings, uh, so I have to meet with a lot of different folks. And then, uh, typically, uh, we have like daily stand up. So I always love to meet with my team at mm -hmm. least like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for like fifteen minutes. Uh, check in, look at the task, look at the board, because I, I use like a Kanban board mm -hmm. um, in order to manage like our workflow. So typically I'll check in with my team uh, first thing in the morning. And then from there, uh, we'll break. After discussing, I'll, I'll block them, I'll reach out to folks, and uh, I'll, I'll basically help them move, continue moving forward, making sure like we're all aligned on priorities or priority shifts that can inform them of the priority shift and what we need to be doing instead of what we were previously doing. Uh, so we can continue to move very quickly and mm -hmm. be very effective. Because if you start doing something really, really well, but it's the wrong thing, then you're just efficient, but you're not effective. So I always like to mm -hmm. make sure my team is effective and they're moving forward, they're efficient. From there, uh, we'll break out and we'll do like some workshops so we can write some uh, SQL, we can write some Python code in order to manage like the Airflow DAGs, like the, the data integrations and make sure the data is continuing flowing. We can build the new tables or summarize the, the data in a particular way. And then we can build out reports and then like assembling dashboards and like writing tickets uh, for my team to be able to do so. Also like doing so myself, uh, when I need to do it, I'm definitely like not afraid to be hands-on and execute. I love that in fact. And then a lot of it is like interfacing with the management team at Zebedee, uh, the C-suite team, right. uh, helping make sure that everyone understands, taking in requests, answering questions, and driving um, success within our growth team uh, to make sure that we're continuing to hit all of our business uh, KPIs or key performance indicators. 
yeah, so th those are like the main things that I focus on. And then mm -hmm. additionally, like supporting our product team uh, and, and those sort of things, like anything that involves needing data or reporting tables, Excel, whatever, yeah. like my team is responsible for it. And then I kind of work across all the different teams because of that, because like marketing needs data, product needs data, yep. you know, business development needs data, customer support needs data, everyone needs data. Um, so my job is to like really enable that and like over, uh, I, and I focus on making sure they have exactly what they need, uh, in order to perform the best that they can. Got it. Yeah. That was a good overview. Um, so I'm more curious though, how did you learn these managerial skills over time? It sounds like in your previous careers, you didn't really have that position as much. So yeah, over the last couple of years, how did you develop those skills? Did you have any certain resources that you went to? I'm sure you did cause you're a self-learner. I just want to learn, learn some more about that selfishly for myself too. <laughs> oh yeah. I bank the banks actually have really fantastic training programs. So okay. like I did many different, I did training programs at discover, uh, financial services on how to coach and how to lead. Mm. Uh, I did the, the master coach program and I was like coaching, mentoring. I did the retention playbook that was uh, preferred sales and retention playbook. Uh, that was used by everyone. I had to collaborate with the executive team for that. I came up with a lot of like innovative strategies and I helped like lead those teams for the entire floor of like 130 people. Uh, so I had a lot of experience like leading and like being an example of like how to actually drive uh, results and like uh, providing coaching and feedback uh, to the rest of my team there. I ran my own company. Uh, so I had to be responsible for like all the different departments yeah. and making sure everything was going smoothly along, like not only designing and writing code, but managing relationships with clients, managing relationships with people that were bringing me business and making mm. sure they were also, you know, well taken care of and quite happy because uh, a lot of it is based on like referrals in that industry, at least mine was. Mm. And uh, yeah. And then from there uh, at Amex, you know, I also continued to take training programs. I also became a leader there. Um, and I also led teams in esports. So I have a lot of, I mean, like managing and leading are two different things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then as like a product owner, you're responsible for all of your projects. So you have to work cross-functionally with not only your own team, but um, much like many other teams to yeah. be able to get from three systems back data flowing and like doing it in the right sequence. So you learn a lot about project management and also like management of tasks and people and driving results and deadlines through that process. So between like the leading experience and then the project manager experience, it kind of gives you what you need. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up joining Zebedee as the, and I, I did all like the scrum agile processes there. So I became like ingrained in like the agile culture mm -hmm. and lived and breathed it for for like two, two and a half years. I also followed that same process at my own company. Uh, so with that, uh, I joined Zebedee as a first product manager and I established all of those processes and workflows. And I continued to lead and take on projects as, as and I helped Andre uh, build out um, the product team and manage the product team and just continued to grow. And then eventually I ended up taking the Alt-MBA program uh, I read, of course, many, many books uh, as well, like kind of yeah. helped me through these yeah. processes and continue to grow. I never stopped reading, never stopped learning. Mm -hmm. I think once you do, you, you're, you're, you become stale and then you end up becoming so either really unhappy or dying, you know, even though you're still alive, you're kind of dead because you're not, yeah. the whole point of life is continuous growth. So that, that's yeah. how it was for me. Yeah. I, you mentioned the creating those processes uh, for the company. I think that's so important for abroad. Most Bitcoin companies right now, because they do act like startups, they they need people to come in there and really get things organized. Um, I'm thinking about Bitcoin Talent Co. ourselves too. Like I think any company could always be improved, but that seems to be very important right now. Just, just seeing where this industry is at and as the price of Bitcoin goes up, um, the industry just keeps getting bigger and these startups eventually start transitioning to series a series b and maybe even eventually a public company so anyone listening right now if you're if that's your skill set i mean come into an organization and just make processes more efficient there's a lot of opportunity out there for you um so that's why i want to transition now to my last couple of questions here what advice would you give to someone that's really into bitcoin maybe they have like a data analytics background or so um 
and they're looking to get a job in the Bitcoin industry, what can they do right now? An actual piece of advice uh, to eventually get a job. Yeah, I would say like most important thing to me is like not necessarily like your hard skill set, but your soft skill set. So mm. like be the person that is learning the new things. So for example, if there's something like a new bit, like learn that and be able to articulate and explain it. Like go it's to meetups. Bitcoin improvement. Right. Yes. And uh for example, like going to meetups is also great because you can meet a lot of people that probably already work at Bitcoin companies. You can continue discussing it. You can continue learning, advancing it. You mentioned Sailor Academy earlier. The Bitcoin yeah. course, I took that Bitcoin course because I'm fascinated with courses and learning. Uh, I took that. Which one, the basic great. one, or did you take the, uh, there's a, for programmers, the second one? Oh, I took the the general one. Yeah. Okay. I, I I've already that read. one and I took the programming one. I was so lost in that, but I tried. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty comfortable writing code after reading uh rocking Bitcoin and programming Bitcoin and then writing lightning apps and such. So I don't need the, the developer one just yet. Um, yeah. I, I don't feel like I need it yet at this point in my, my career. Cause I also like built product here at Zebedee and mm. you know, ship features. And I, I built many of my own lightning apps. I just use our API. So yeah. I kind of have a cheat code there. We make it really easy to integrate Bitcoin. So I focus, I, I focus on that. And then, um, yeah, I would say like meet, go continue learning and have like, an app like a mindset learning about bitcoin actually execute like run nodes or learn how it works build programs write applications and then go to meetups to meet people and form a bitcoin network and lastly if you get an interview at a bitcoin company um one we i did like i flew out to google plus in el salvador and helped do dev boot camps there and do some teaching um design and development of lightning applications and one thing i interviewed interns that were from that program that did the hackathon. And mm -hmm. one thing that really impressed me with the top two interns that, that I interviewed was that they actually like built an app with our API and showed it to me during the interview process. So like That's the awesome. farther you can take and show your interest in that particular Bitcoin company will mm -hmm. impress any of you, any person you're interviewing with. Yeah. So like learn the company that you're interviewing with really well, understand what they're doing, ask questions about it and find some way to execute, to show your interest. And that will like right. blow away the hiring manager. Yeah. That's spot on. Great advice. You want to show that upfront value and then it's a really good chance that it'll come around. They'll like you a lot more and give you that job to start you off in your journey in this new industry. Uh, last question for you before we wrap up. What do you think about the future of esports over 2024? You know, we have the halving coming up in a couple months. We have these Bitcoin ETFs um, that are should be approved very shortly. So it seems like a lot of money will be pouring into the space. Um, Bitcoin's going to get even more scarce. Price is going to go up. People are going to be euphoric. But yeah, how does that tie into the future esports? Like, what are you looking forward to most between Bitcoin and esports colliding this year? Yeah, I, I think like gaming as a whole, um, rewards also like a big one. Um, so like esports has an, a, a kind of like a sub umbrella under under gaming. I think there's not a better money in network uh, for moving money at the speed of the internet. So mm -hmm. like gaming is like a perfect use case for that, considering it's all online. It's a very social experience. Um, so yeah, I think I think the outlook is very bullish. But I'm always very bullish, even been building in this bear market like nonstop trying to build yeah. uh, uh, different community organizations, platforms, apps myself, and then also like continue to drive the success of, of Zebedee, of course, is like my number mm. one priority. So I think like continuing to build and be bullish on Bitcoin, no, it's like a superior monetary network, superior money. And not only just that, it's a superior payment network. And I can say that firsthand considering I work on payment networks. And uh, it's just truly impressive, amazing technology. We're still very early. So whether Bitcoin like just skyrockets this year with the having an ETF approval, that's cool. But no matter what, I see it's superior technology and it's only a matter of time. So even mm -hmm. if it doesn't go that route, I'm still very happy uh, doing what I do. And I love what I do every single day. Uh, there's not a day that I feel like my effort and impact is not valuable. Spoken like a true Bitcoiner. 
Santos, thanks so much for your time today. I learned a ton and I'm sure the audience will too. Um, where can people get in touch with you and learn more about Zebedee? They can get in, co- in contact with me on Noster X. Uh, I, I just recently got on Instagram too. So you can find all my socials on santos.lol. That's my portfolio domain. You can read like an excerpt about my my story. You can see all the different things that I've done, projects that I'm working on, and like different like podcasts and media coverage, etc. Uh, blog articles, uh, presentation, educational videos uh, on there, and you can also find my social links. Got it. Cool. And Zebedee. ZBD.gg. Yeah, check it out. If was you're, I, sorry, was um, I saying it wrong this whole time? ZBD. You could say it either way. So like okay. the funny thing, uh, some of our co-founders are from the UK. So Zebedee and then now kind of just going, dropping the E's and just going ZBD. So we just, yeah. either way it's is perfectly easier. I like acceptable. That. Yeah. yeah. So ZBD, just the letters ZBD.GG. Or you can say the full Zebedee, uh, which is like Z-E-B-E-D-E-E uh, dot I-O. And you can go there for our B2B offering. So if you're a developer or a builder in the space, check out Zebedee.io. If you're a consumer looking for a lightning app, ways to earn Bitcoin to easy way of spending Bitcoin, check out ZBD.gg. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like the ZBD. It's just simpler, cleaner. There's always those three-letter acronyms that always seem to work well with the human mind. Uh, yeah, uh, excited for you guys this year and see what's what's going to be coming out and being released. Um, I personally need to test out some of these games, so I'm looking forward to that. And I encourage anyone else to as well. So thanks so much for your time, Santos, and hope to talk again soon. Thank you, Eric. I'm honored to have appeared on the show. I really appreciate uh, your time in interviewing me, and I also appreciate everyone's time for listening. Thank you, everyone. I hope everyone has a wonderful new year this year. Yeah, and happy birthday, Bitcoin. Oh yeah, I forgot today. Today is January third, twenty twenty four. Bitcoin's fifteenth birthday. It's a Let's teenager go. now, and yeah, it's growing up. So, very exciting stuff ahead. Hey guys, thanks for listening, and I really hope you found value in this podcast. If you are a job seeker looking to work for a Bitcoin company, or you're a part of a Bitcoin company and need help with finding talent for your team, please head over our website at www.bitcointalent.co and get in touch with our team. Thanks until next time.